Blog Talk Radio. Radio. So many of us are feeling unfulfilled, depressed, stressed to the max. Why is that? What is it about the way in which we live our daily life 
that brings us to such depths of suffering that it interferes with our ability to be happy, well, and thrive in life. More importantly, how do we stop the cycle so we enjoy our life, feel passionate about our work, and create fulfilling relationships? We'll find out in just a few minutes. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest, Blake Bauer, is an internationally sought-after speaker and teacher with an extensive background in psychology, alternative medicine, traditional healing, and mindfulness meditation. Based on both his personal experience overcoming deep suffering, addiction, and adversity, as well as his professional success with thousands of people worldwide, his pioneering work integrates what he's found to be the most effective approaches to optimal mental, emotional, and physical health. We're still waiting for Blake to call in. He hasn't called in yet. I believe he's in Britain, so there could be some confusion with the lines. So if you just hold on for a bit, we'll see if he can get to us pretty soon. And in the meantime, let's listen to another song, okay? Thank you. I got a roof on my head. I got a warm place to sleep. So that's all I want to wake up in Instead of counting sheep. I got a Within a city of strangers, 
Welcome to the show, Blake. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am really well, T. Thank you so much for for having me. And how are you today? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. It's a great day. Every day is a great day. Oh, good. Oh, good. Where and where are you based in in the U.S.? I am in I am in New Jersey, northwestern New Jersey. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. How about you? I thought you were in England. I'm in, I'm in Chicago today, actually, and it's raining here, which is actually quite nice at the moment, even though it's a little cold. You're sending it our way. We're getting it tomorrow. <laughs> and we had it yesterday. <laughs> so today we got lucky with a really good day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's I'm nice. very excited. Oh, that's so nice. I'm very excited that you're here because your book 
actually five years ago came out the first version and I, and I read that book and then this is your revised and fully updated version. So I'm excited about that because, you know, this book is, is very well written. It's a powerful book. The first edition published in 2012, um, you know, was, was a powerful book as well. And now in 2017, as I read this one, and I have to be honest, I didn't remember exactly everything in 2012, so I'm not sure what the differences were. Um, but I know that it's extremely powerful, and it, it, there's a lot of good insight in here for people. And people need this now. So I think I'd like to start with how you came to write the first book, and then what was it that drew you or made you feel to revise it? Mm. Thank you, T. Um, I guess it's a long story, but I'll, I'll try and touch on the most important points. Um, you know, I grew up in a, a family that suffered very deeply in many ways, and one of those ways was drug and alcohol addiction, in addition to the psychological and emotional suffering that, you know, all people grow up around. Um, and when I was a young man, I got heavily into drugs and alcohol and was arrested a number of times as a teenager uh, I played uh, American football and was a captain of the varsity football team and was supposed to play college football and got a very bad DUI while I was drinking and smoking pot and popping pharmaceutical pills that I didn't have a prescription for and um, and was uh, arrested again, got kicked off the, the football team and basically pushed away everyone and everything that I loved at that point in my life. And I, I hit my rock bottom at that stage and I found that I was – underneath those self-destructive habits, I was tortured psychologically and emotionally. And then on top of that, there was this pressure to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And so out of this immense and deep suffering where I would wake up every morning completely tortured by my thoughts and my anxiety and restlessness and feel so uncomfortable in my body and and in my own skin and, and just constantly running from myself, Uh, these two questions surfaced and they were, how do I heal myself from this suffering? And that was on a mental, emotional and physical level. And what is the purpose of my life? And like most people, I at first believed that, you know, money would bring happiness and success and love. And I quickly realized that any endeavor I set out to do, you know, for work or study that had to do just with money Um, was empty and meaningless. And meanwhile, I was just waking up every day tortured psychologically and emotionally. And so that basically started this quest for me to answer those two questions. How do I free myself from my suffering? And and what is the purpose of my life? Why did I come to the planet? And how do I figure that out? And see, that led to uh, me going to five different universities where I studied psychology and nutritional medicine and herbal medicine And then eventually I studied traditional Chinese medicine and five element Chinese medicine, which was the more ancient, ancient Taoist spiritual form of Chinese medicine. That was a very much a big part of traditional Chinese medicine before Mao took over China and wanted to make it their medicine, very science based. So it could be accepted by the modern world. And I studied with spiritual teachers and masters from all over the world in disciplines like yoga and meditation and Tai Chi and, studied and read all the books on self-help and spirituality and God, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners and and yourself. And I was just searching for this clarity inside of myself where I could basically wake up every day and feel really good in my body, my heart and my mind, and also feel 
that I was clear about my, my work and my purpose in the world and that there was meaning and fulfillment and that it was what I was basically meant to do because I'd be very good at it and it would be natural. And um, so eventually I started to work with people because I felt that I had reached a certain level of peace and happiness and health inside of myself and, uh, and clarity. And I started to get really good results. And the only thing that surfaced to have any meaning for me personally was to actually sit with another human being and um, support them in the ways that they needed support and couldn't find elsewhere in their life. And through a series of events in my own life and synchronicities, just like we all go through, you know, this journey and we're following the signs and the synchronicities, which are leading us from one experience or person or, or event to another. And we're, we're following this thread in my own life, following that same thread, I came to a series of really important realizations and what I realized was that in my whole educational, spiritual, and healing journey, so at these five very well-respected you know, uh, universities, studying with all these masters, reading all these books, taking all these professional trainings, I realized I was really only doing two things, which is really the same thing. What I was doing was I was basically learning how to love myself, that all my healing, all my spiritual growth, all my education, and everything good in life that I wanted came from me learning what it means to love myself because I actually had never learned how to love myself as a child. And I realized that nobody ever had, including my parents mm-hmm. and grandparents and all my, my genetic line. And then another metaphor for that was that I was basically looking for love. And you could say that I was looking for the love I never got as a child. And I was looking for the love that my parents never got as a child. I was looking for the love that my parents weren't capable of giving me because they didn't love themselves enough to truly give me unconditional love. And I was looking for the love that I am, that I would say is our soul's true nature. And I believe that it's that love which heals our body and our mind and our heart. It's that love that makes life worth living. And it's that love that makes our work meaningful and fulfilling. And it's that love that makes our relationships uh, healthy and joyful. And that makes life good. So I was in this whole quest, basically learning how to love myself and looking for love. And I could actually see from all my training, my formal education, how logically and biologically all depression and all disease formed in the body based on us never learning how to love ourselves and primarily through internalizing our emotions and living in fear and guilt, which leads to a weakened immune system, poor lifestyle choices, and then disease and susceptibility to viruses, bacteria, toxins, pollutants, and toxic people, toxic situations. And so when I realized this, because I was so desperate in myself, I knew deep down that every other human being, regardless of belief or where you live, was was suffering desperately in their heart with a broken heart in the same exact way that I was suffering. And so I felt the best way to help as many people as I can on this planet is to write a book. And so that's where the first edition of the book came from. And actually that's where the, the, the most recent edition came from is I've just been polishing and working on that book to make it the most effective, practical tool possible to help as many people on the planet as I can. 
And I think it absolutely will because everything that you say is so accurately true and can be backed up by science. Um, you, you called in after I had done the introduction. I am a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner. I run my own practice. And one of the places I've studied is the HeartMath Institute. And you're absolutely right. The love is the healing element. And if you can get that coherence between your brain and your heart, you can constantly be in a state of healing. It's the only thing that will initiate healing in your body without any type of a drug or anything like that. I I have to give you a lot of credit for all that you had to go through to come to this point and for waking up and saying, hey, you know what? I think there's something I can do with this. And realizing what it was you could do and then sharing it with all of us. Because this is not a hard book to read. It is not difficult to read. It's well-written. It's, it's got all kinds of information in it that will help anybody. And you can kind of use it as a reference. Uh, and I know that at, you know, at the end of the, the chapters, there's the, um, you know, take a few moments. I'm forever telling patients that. It's always okay to stop and take a moment and breathe because in that moment you can really calm yourself down and people don't love themselves. And, and I think it's because we were brought up to believe that that's kind of selfish. You can't do that. It's very self-absorbed and self-centered, when in actuality, it's so not. <laughs> right. If you, just, if you don't love so you, you can't love anyone. Yeah. Exactly. And we've all, you know, been angry and resentful and worn out ourselves. And we know people who have been angry and resentful. And what happens when we're in that state or someone else is in that state is that we either hurt other people or they hurt us because they're reacting because their cup is not full because they haven't given themselves permission to take care of themselves every day in the ways that they need to, to maintain their health and then maintain their cup. So they can give without resenting what they've given or manipulating based on what they've given. And we've all learned this very unhealthy form of selfishness T instead of the healthy form of selfishness that we call self love. Yeah. Yep. So. They can't give themselves that because it's, it's a core belief that was ingrained in them that you can't do that. That's not right. You know, and we come in as these little beings that are filled with all kinds of love for ourselves and for everyone else. And then we're trained by everyone who came before us because they're so much smarter <laughs> and they wreck us. Mm-hmm. Each one of us has been ru- ruined. You know, it's like, okay, let's destroy this little human being. And it's sad, but it's true. And we don't, we don't get it until we start to actually go within and learn that, you know, this is, I mean, one of the things that you say in your book is that suffering, illness, and unhappiness are cries from your soul asking you to fulfill your life's purpose, realize your greatest potential, and ultimately love, honor, and value yourself in every moment, situation, and relationship. That's so true. If we're living our authentic life is to live our destiny, but then there's the question that comes up from everyone. I get it all the time. I'm sure you've heard it too. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Everyone has a purpose. I don't know mine. And how do I figure out my life's purpose? That probably is yeah. the the most difficult thing for people than once you get it. Because once you get it and you start the journey, everything's in flow. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So should, you want to address that for your listeners, I yeah, guess? Yeah. And maybe yeah. I can share what I... I mean, I personally, and T, I'm sure you can relate to this. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I went to five universities. I studied with all these yep. masters. I read every self-help and spiritual book that had any credibility on the market, all searching for that answer. And 
my understanding now, and I, you know, I hope that this will help those who are listening, is that primarily we come to the planet or we're born to enjoy being alive and to learn about love and to, to bring love into our daily life selfishly for ourselves to enjoy it and then selflessly to be a positive influence in the world instead of someone that people doesn't want, don't want to be around or negative or toxic. But so then we, so, and then because we all worry about, you know, how am I supposed to you know find and fulfill my life purpose and make a living and how does that translate? So I want to talk a little bit, I think about that. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, understanding that is key. And I actually believe that that is black and white, that that is the highest view that we came here to enjoy being in a human body instead of to suffer and just work hard to be miserable and feel misunderstood that we came here to actually enjoy being in a body and enjoy loving and connecting from our heart with true understanding and kindness and connection. And so the key to doing that for everybody starting now is that in no matter what the situation is, whether it's your personal life or your professional life, is actually to start being yourself. And then how do you start being yourself? To start actually expressing your feelings and expressing what you want and need in your life. And so personally, it's important to you know, notice that you're, most of us are scared to actually speak and act based on what we truly feel right now. So if you look at your life, and you look at what situations and relationships am I actually afraid to be honest, that'll actually show you the core block to everything good in your life, to your health, to your happiness, to your fulfillment, and to living your life purpose. So once we start to express what we really feel and act in alignment with that, that's the most important step. And then the other step is to basically every day find and do the small things that make you feel good, alive, well, and that interest you. So for example, I now make a living traveling the world, teaching on four continents now, teaching people how to love themselves. And that all came about through me simply focusing on loving myself every day. It just transformed into me doing it for myself, then having all this wisdom to give to other people, and then people valuing that enough to buy a book or come to a workshop or come see me in private practice. And so I always have enough. I have enough to eat. I have a roof over my head. I have a way to get to where I need to go. And even though at times I, I, you know, I struggled or there was fear or I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, I learned about really having faith and trust. But that faith and trust in life or the universe or God came down to me learning how to trust myself and the only way I learned to trust myself was by learning how to love myself and not hurt myself anymore. So basically through being honest with your feelings and then acting in alignment with that every day and then doing the small things that make you feel good and feel well and feel alive, you know, T like the title of your show about energy awareness, that's the key to building up the energy you need. Those little things every day, you know, having a walk, uh, drinking water, sleeping well, eating good foods. If you, I enjoy having coffee every morning. Those things fill me up so that I have the energy to make the bigger moves in my life. So I have the energy to take a 14-hour flight and for it to not bother my body or for me to go t- talk to 100 people and you know, help them and not destroy myself. So it's those little things every day that give you the energy to take the, make the bigger moves. So If you're in a relationship where you're not happy or a job that's not fulfilling or that's destroying you or an unhealthy environment, 
eating well every day, sleeping, exercising, moving your blood and your energy, talking about your feelings with somebody, doing the things that you enjoy, whether it's a coffee or catching up with a friend, those things are how you're going to build up the energy you need to leave the job or leave the relationship or start the new business. Um, and those are really the practical steps. And it's basically doing that every day. And then you're, you know, I believe my view is that everybody is one with the universe or one with God. And so we have that same intelligence inside of us. I mean, our body is actually a miracle. The fact that, you know, all these cells and organs function in the way that they do and our brain works the way that it does. You're actually a miracle. We're all actually a miracle. So if you learn to take care of that and trust that, then every day you're going to know what you need to do to take care of yourself on a practical level. And then the universe will just bring you opportunities and jobs and whatever you need to get through that day and enjoy your life as much as possible by taking these simple steps every day. Um, so that's kind and of the funny part is answer. they're simple, but they're also yeah. easy and fun. It, but it's a great right. answer. It's, it's the right answer because – you know, if you nurture yourself, and who doesn't like to do that, really, you know, but people will say, well, I, I don't have time for that. You know, you have to make time for that. You, it, you're not nurturing yourself when you're on your smartphone all the time, when you're, you know, texting people left and right. That's not nurturing to you. That's actually not healthy, because I believe that 99.999% of the people who own a magic phone, and I do not, <laughs> are addicted to it. They are addicted to their yeah, phones. Oh, when they say do it's you know, in the truck, you know, yeah. Do you know what? It's so funny, T. I was at an event with Tony Robbins uh, just mm. a few nights ago in Chicago, and he was talking about him suffering. And he was saying right now in his life, one of the biggest things that he's working on is his addiction to his phone and how much it triggers his pain because he's trying to control everything. He's got you know this big business and this big organization, and he says he's really pretty happy. And then he looks at his phone and he starts to suffer. And, and he was mm-hmm. talking about this addiction. So even somebody like that who helps, you know, millions and millions and millions of people in every country on the planet is dealing with that yep. same addiction. So, um, yep. yes, we definitely and all it, need it, to it has been that. classified. It has been classified as an addiction. And people would laugh at me when I would tell them this like three or four years ago. And I'd say, I'm telling you, it's, this, everyone's addicted to their gadgets. And when it came out, I mean, I had to post it in my office because because I needed people to see that it's not me saying it anymore. You know, this is backed by science. Now it's really, it's, it's hard for people to change and then not be part of the whole. And sometimes they ask me, doesn't it bother you that you don't text? Not at all. doesn't bother me in the least. You Mm -hmm. want me, you call me, you email me. That's it. End of story. I don't want to be, you know, cyber stalked and I don't need to be. And you know, that's just my take. That's where I come from. But other people need to have that right there, everything right there. And that is not nurturing. You need to at least have a few minutes of downtime. And it's not like it's something difficult to do. Like you said, do something you love. How can it get any easier than that to find your purpose? Yes, exactly, T. And there's two things that came to mind that I wanted to speak to. And it's all part of the same issue. So, Uh, it's like anything, you know, the phone or alcohol or money or sex, those things in themselves are not bad or evil. They just are parts of our human experience. Now it's our relationship to them that is either healthy and balanced or unhealthy and imbalanced. And so the, the phone can be used as a great tool, but if you have this addiction where, you know, you're, it consumes you all the time and you can't think straight without it and you're not present to your relationships, or your jobs, or you use it 
to numb out, then your relationship to your phone is unhealthy. But our relationship to the outer world and anything in the outer world, any person or thing, is a reflection of our relationship to ourselves. And so if you have an addiction to your phone, it's just a part of you that has an unhealthy relationship to yourself, which is why your relationship to the phone is unhealthy. Now, the phone is a tool for connection. And again, the addiction to the phone is the symptom of us seeking love and connection externally. Now, we all want to experience love and connection with the outer world, but we can't have healthy love and healthy connection, just like the addiction to the phone, if you don't have a healthy love and relationship to yourself. And so, again, it all comes back to how do I practically learn to love myself unconditionally? And that's how you retrain yourself to have a healthy relationship to the people in your life, your work, your phone, your material possessions. And it's a process because, you know, for everybody listening, if you think about how many years you've been living in a certain way, you cannot reprogram your whole brain and your whole nervous system and your body and your energy body in one day or one week. So it takes time to retrain yourself. It's like, let's say you're, you're, you haven't, you know, been exercising and taking care of your body for 10 years. And so you feel out of shape and overweight. Well, going to the gym for a day or a week or a month is not going to get you back in shape. It's a start. So it's health. we have to have the healthy perspective. We have to, we have to be re- realistic in our view. And sometimes because we're trapped in an insecure thought or a fear thought or a desperate thought, we lose perspective. And so let's step back, take a deep breath, and let's talk about, you know, how do we get to the healthiest perspective, which then leads to the healthiest choices uh, spoken words and actions starting now and moving forward. Right. So, yeah. And, and this is actually a, a good segue because there's a, a, a point in your book, you know, that expression that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's very yes. true. <laughs> and you kind of speak to that in your book. It's the purpose of suffering, depression, and disease. There's a reason for that, but people don't get it, but there really is a purpose for all of that. So go ahead and speak to that if you would. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I actually um, published that chapter online on Facebook. Uh, you know, I have a, a big social media following, and I've started to put that chapter online for the last few months. And it's amazing. A lot of people love it, and it thumbs up everything for them, and they see the value in it. But there's a strong negative reaction that some people get, mm-hmm. which, is, um, which is understandable, too, because – you know, a lot of people are in a lot of real pain and their body's in pain and they don't feel well. And, you know, it, the sad thing is, is that we just do the best with what we know and we don't know what we don't know. And, and, you know, it's sad because our parents never learned how to love themselves and how to take care of their health and take care of their precious life. And they couldn't teach us. And we don't learn it at school and we don't learn it in our religious institutions. And 99.9% of our doctors and psychiatrists don't know, don't know it either. And so when someone gets to the point where they're severely depressed or severely physically sick or their life is a complete mess, it's actually really natural to be really angry and hurt in general. Like, and then you want to you wanna lash out or you want to say that's bullshit. You know, there's no way that I could have got myself here because I didn't know better. But eventually down the road, everybody's going to realize that, you know, only we can get ourselves out of the hole. Only we can change our life. Only we can heal ourselves. Like, no matter how great the doctor is or the psychiatrist or the priest, at the end of the day, you have to go home. You have to put the right things in your mouth. 
you have to sleep, you have to, you know, drink water, you have to express your emotions, you have to take action, you know, follow your heart, you know, no doctor can do that for you. No priest is going to help you to be a good person every day. You're the one who has to be kind. And when you feel hurt, not say things that hurt other people and react in a way that causes harm. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to you and you alone. You know, the Buddha said, you know, nobody saves us but ourselves. And it's so true. Right. And, and if you think about how long we sit, we wait for someone to rescue us or someone to fix us, and it never happens. And then life passes us by, and we think, how did we get here? And, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not an easy situation. I mean, that's why, you know, this is very real. And I'm not one, I'm not into, you know, sugarcoating things or saying there's a quick fix. And, uh-huh. that, you know, all you have to do to be enlightened is this. Um, it's, it, it, it is simple, but it's not easy. And, you know, I've suffered enough and worked with enough people and watched my family in pain and lost people to drug overdoses and you know this suffering is real and disease is real and getting out of it is not easy but the alternative that's the thing the alternative is harder to stay sick to to stay suffering to stay in a job that you're miserable to stay in a marriage you're not happy to keep your life a mess to keep your relationships toxic that's actually harder even though we know it and we think it's normal and we're used to it it doesn't make it it doesn't make it easy um so no, you can get used to anything, and that's the sad part. You can absolutely become accustomed to anything. Right, and you know, T for everybody listening, you know, the experience, the, the conversation we're having right now, which is a conversation that's being had right now all over the world in different ways, is the evolution of humanity. It's the evolution of human consciousness, and the leading science now shows that the way we think and our awareness influences our genes. So it's also the genetic evolution of humanity. So right now, this conversation is the edge of, of evolution. And so what that means is we're going through these growing pains. I mean, the image for me that comes out of my, my mind is think about a baby that's being born. It's a painful process for that next generation coming forth. You, you know, the, even the Dalai Lama said that once you're born, the, actually the act of birth is the, the beginning of suffering because so that's why the baby cries when it comes out of the womb because it's actually a painful experience. And I know for a lot of mm-hmm. women it's a painful experience. Even though it's so beautiful and there's so much love, it's, there's pain. So, but I use that image because for me, as I grow the evolution, there is this, you're constantly breaking through kind of the, the web of the current awareness and the current way of life. So there's this growing pain of, of freeing yourself from the cocoon, actually. I talk a lot about the butterfly. So think about, mm-hmm. you know, as you st- step forward, you're trying to get yourself out of this prison or this cocoon that you've, you've been stuck in. And it, it's not easy, but the alternative to stay trapped and stay in the darkness or stay in your cocoon or stay in your prison, well, we all know how hard that is because what we're doing is we're settling for crumbs, crumbs of love, crumbs of kindness, crumbs of meaning, crumbs of connection, crumbs of health. And nobody wants to get by on crumbs. You know, we all want a very full and rich, beautiful life. But because our parents didn't know how to love themselves unconditionally, they could only give us what they had to give. And for most of us, our parents could only give us a little bit. And what they gave us was quite toxic. So as kids, we got used to these crumbs of toxic love and toxic affection and toxic relationships. And then we've spent our whole lives living that way. And we all call it normal. Um, but normal is really just what's common. It's not really healthy. It's not sane. 
It's not even functional. It's mostly it's very dysfunctional. So true. And I think that you know one of the other chapters in your book is key to. Well, there's two actually, but I'll start with the the first one that I, I think is key to us getting to the point where you know we can love ourselves more, uh, transforming anger, hurt, and hatred. It's not easy. And according to some people, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people and they'll say, well, you know, it takes me a lot longer to get over somebody who really hurts me to the depth of my soul than it does if I were the one, say, responsible for a fender bender. And, you know, I don't believe that that's necessary. I believe that it shouldn't take any longer to transform from one or the other because anger is anger is anger. To me, it's a matter of your level of self-awareness and compassion and compassion that you have for yourself as well as, and this ties into another chapter, forgiving ourselves because that to me is one of the most challenging things we need to do. It is so much easier to forgive someone else, but it's critical that we forgive ourselves so we can move forward. I mean, it's absolutely imperative to our growth. Do you agree with that? Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about the key to that and let's make it really simple and practical for everybody because there actually is one key and it's very simple and it's very effective and it will work if you do it now and every day. So as you were saying, T, you know, if, if you think about your own life and you think about someone who has hurt you, I always ask people, you mm-hmm. know, can you see somehow that maybe you let yourself be in that situation to get hurt? So if you mm-hmm. think of tea in your own life, if you think about someone that's hurt you or betrayed you, can you identify how you may have let that happen by not, you know, addressing something sooner or walking away from the relationship sooner or um, sure. you know, just not subjecting yourself to that unconsciousness or that unhealthy relationship? Can you see how maybe you allowed yourself to be in a position to be hurt? Absolutely. I go through that process when something happens. It's like, okay, what was my part in this? What was my role? (laughs) You know, that's one of the first things I do because you do have to take part of the blame. Absolutely. So in in, in in 99% of situations, you can find, I can help someone see that they allowed themselves to be hurt. Now, what's underneath that is that really we were hurting ourselves by not listening to our true feelings, our instincts, our, or our intuition, and then saying what we needed to say or acting on what we wanted, or what we felt we should do, but we didn't because we hesitate or we're afraid or we're just used to actually not listening to ourselves. But if you look back in time, if you had actually listened to yourself, in 99% of cases, you would have not let yourself get hurt. You would not have hurt yourself. So I like to say, My view is that when we don't express our emotions, which you're feeling things on a daily basis that you don't express, and when you don't act on that, so you're feeling things on a daily basis that you don't act upon, you're actually hurting yourself. You're betraying yourself, and you're abandoning yourself. And the karma of that or the result of that is that you end up getting hurt and betrayed and abandoned by other people. And that's a mirror for what you've been doing with your true emotions your true feelings, your true desires, and, um, and your true instinct and true intuition. But because since we were little kids, we were taught not to listen to ourselves and to hide everything we, we feel, we think it's normal to go through the world with just this inner dialogue that we never really talk about or act on. And we just suppress it and kind of do what our parents think we should do or what our friends are doing or what society is doing. And we just keep internalizing our true self. And that's why most people are sick or depressed, and we're actually destroying 
the world. For example, the, the problems we have in the world are the result of us never learning how to love ourselves because the world is just a reflection of ourself. And so the world, we're not separate from the tree that gives us oxygen or the food we eat or the people that we share you know, this world with. And that's why we're destroying everything around us because inside we're destroying ourselves. And it all comes down to, and this is how you love yourself or not love yourself, we're rejecting our true self. Every time we don't express what we feel, every time we don't express what we need and want, we don't act upon that and don't make those good decisions for ourselves every day, we are rejecting hurting ourselves, and then that becomes hurting other people. So, um, uh, T, I'm sorry, could you refresh me on the question that you had just asked me? Because I want, oh, well, forgive me. So how do you forgive yourself? Yeah. So this is the key. This is the key. The key to forgiving yourself is to stop hurting yourself and stop letting yourself get hurt. So we can go back to the past and we can talk about all the times you've hurt yourself or made a mistake. We can go and, and we can't really go into the future in that regard because that stuff hasn't happened yet. But right now, if you've had a life full of hurting yourself or letting yourself get hurt, so uh, basically a life where you need to learn to forgive others and forgive yourself, well, those same habits and patterns and themes are present in your life right now. And so the key to forgiving the past and the key to forgiving the present, both the other person and yourself and whatever the situation is, is again, stop hurting yourself and stop letting yourself get hurt. Now, how do you do that? You say what you feel in every situation and relationship and you act accordingly to that so that you're what you think, what you feel, what you say, what you do is all in alignment. And when you do that, you basically stop hurting yourself and you stop letting yourself get hurt. So, for example, let's say you're in a relationship right now where you're not happy or in love and you don't feel connected and you actually don't feel there's a uh, – let's say you feel there's no chance of salvaging the relationship. If you don't express that you're not happy or you're confused, every time you don't do that, every moment of every day in that relationship – you are hurting yourself. Now, let's say you're in a relationship that's like that, and the other person is probably feeling the same way. They feel disconnected, and they're probably doing the same thing, not talking about the true issues, so living a lie. And let's say they go and they meet someone else who they fall in love with or they're attracted to, and they betray you. So let's, you find out they're cheating on you or they're betraying you, and you, you were in a committed relationship. Well, the truth is, is that them betraying you is just mirroring back how you've been betraying yourself. And that's why you're getting betrayed. You're seeing betrayal because you've been betraying yourself. And so you think you have to forgive them, which at one level you might need to, but the deeper issue is you need to forgive yourself for not talking about your true feelings and being honest sooner. So that's how you basically allow yourself to get hurt when you're hurting yourself. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I think a lot of it is based, or I think all of it actually is based in fear. People are afraid of change. Yeah. They're afraid of, they're afraid of what other people will think of them. They're afraid of what they might lose. And change is the big thing. People are afraid of change because they don't know what's coming. What's the unknown. And it's, when it's not exciting, it's, it's a fear thing. You know, when you're getting married, it's exciting. It's a new thing. That's normal. But if it's fear but of, geez, I have a relationship issue. Again, I want to just point, say, point out, I mean, yep. I've talked to 50, 50% of the people I know who have been married have expressed to me in some way, you know, clients, that at the time of getting married, they weren't sure or they didn't want to go through with it, but they did because the pressure was so much that 
you know, all the parents had gotten on board or money had been spent and they didn't want to not go through with it because they felt guilty or they didn't want to upset everybody else. So even in that time, these things pop their head up, but we're not listening or we, we shove it, you know? So right, even right. in that, it's so easy to get carried away, you know? Because people call it cold feet, you know? And so they say, well, everybody gets cold feet. Everybody probably does. But if you get that gut-wrenching, this is not a good idea, you know, then you got to step up and say, okay, this is really not a good idea. I cannot make this mistake. Because there are people that have done that too and said, not the last minute, I just backed out because I knew it was wrong. Right. I don't know why I kept going forward, but something inside them said, this is not the path for you to go down. This is not your soul's journey. This is not your destiny. It's not your purpose. And I think it's just, it's fear. There's a lot of fear. And instead of living in love, people live in fear. I think if you come from your heart and you live from your heart and you think, how is this whatever the situation is, will this situation serve me well as well as be for the highest good of everyone concerned? And if you get a yes, okay. If you're thinking about it, if you don't get a hell yeah, it's a no. It's a no. Mm. I mean, I, I always yes. tell people that. If you don't get a hell yeah, it's a no. So think about it before you venture in because there's a reason why there's a hesitation. There's never a hesitation when it's the right thing to do. Do you agree with that? Right, it- I do. And what's, what's meant to be for you T, you know, is meant to be. So if you're in love with somebody and, you know, let's say somebody wants to get married first or, you know, let's say even like financial investments, you know, the key is to just wait for the clear. Yes. Like you said, wait, be patient. And if it's not the right thing and someone gives you an ultimatum or it passes you by, then maybe it's not the right thing for you because Every lesson is coming back to teaching you how to love yourself, so how to accept yourself, which is really accepting your feelings and your thoughts and not making them wrong and learning to understand that they have a purpose instead of saying you think you're crazy or you're fucked up and learning how to trust yourself. But the only way to trust yourself is to listen to yourself and then respect what you hear and not tend that you don't hear what you're hearing from inside of yourself and not live a lie. So again, it all comes back to T in my experience. And again, I I had to commit my life selfishly to be free, to find the simple, clear answers, but to help as many people as I can, because there's a lot of talk about how to heal or be happy or love yourself. And in my experience, there's a lot of um, misinformation out there or maps that are actually not that accurate. They might be 90% accurate or 95% accurate. But for me, I had to hit the nail on the head selfishly so I could have the best experience in this body in this life this time and I want to give that to as many people as I can and so it's really it really comes down to just being honest with your feelings and honest with your words and honest with your actions and and that's the key to healing the fear is to be honest with your words and your actions even when you're scared that's the key to healing Mm -hmm. the fear and that's courage is that you act on the truth even when you're scared You know, let's say you're standing up to a bully because in your heart you feel someone needs to do this. That's courage. And that's like an archetype of courage. That is courage. And that's the key. And then other than that, like we talked about, those small things every day to take care of yourself. So eating, you know, food that's good for you, sleeping, water, doing things that you love, that gives you the energy to then break through your bigger fears. And as you get healthier in that way and you raise your vibration – and you're able to speak your truth and act based on that, even when you feel fear or you feel guilt, that then eats the fear. That transforms the fear. And that's the key. Regardless of what your fear is, that's the key. 
And then eventually you realize that through, through being honest, even though you were scared, that things will actually work out and you respect yourself more and other people respect you. And then it, it builds momentum. There's this snowball effect. And that, if anybody takes anything away from this interview, that's the key is to be honest with your words and actions, even when you're scared, because that is the reason you're sick. That's the reason you're unhappy. That's the reason any part of your life is the way it's, it's not the way you want it to be. And it's also the reason, and it's also the, the, the most direct path out of suffering to the life you want, to the health you want, to the relationships you want is being authentic and honest in every situation and every relationship and then acting that way too. And, you know, it's true. It does build momentum. It builds confidence so that you continue down that same road and you have more trust in that, you know what, the universe backed me up the last time. Of course the universe is going to have my back this time because you never are without support from whatever the God is of your understanding. And so that's important for people to know too. As soon as you start to see this a little bit and it validates itself for you and you see there's credibility to it, it gives you the confidence to continue down that road and keep going. I cannot believe it, yes. Blake, but we're almost at the top of the hour. <laughs> so that's okay. before I we to go. Say, can, I say to you, can I say to you real yes. quick, T, if, if I, let's say I was your brother and for 40 years, let's say I betrayed you and I criticized you, and I lied to you, and I hurt you every day, would you trust me? No. No, no of course that's not. Manipulate. Now, you, wouldn't. you could not, yeah. Right. Now, this, that's, so, that, now think, so that's exactly why you and me and everybody else has struggled to trust themselves. So for the listeners, that's why you don't trust yourself, because you've been betraying, hurting, lying to yourself, mm-hmm. hurting yourself every day of your life for your whole life. So, of course, you don't trust yourself. And our relationship to ourself determines our relationship to the outer world. So, for example, T, if I judge you, the only reason I judge you is because I, I don't feel good about myself. And in my mind, I need to put you down and put myself up exactly. and make myself feel better. That's right. So when I, say, yep. when I say I don't trust life, I don't trust God, I don't trust the universe, what you're actually saying is I don't trust yourself. I don't trust myself. And the reason I don't trust myself is because I've been horrible to myself my whole life because I never learned how to love myself. So as soon as you start being true to yourself, and that's actually how you love yourself, as soon as you start being honest and true to yourself with every word and every action and taking care of yourself on a daily basis in those little ways, you start to trust yourself again. And that momentum builds, and that is the key. It is the trillion-dollar, you know, priceless key. It's the only way to have confidence, self-esteem, heal your insecurity. It is the only way, T, and I wanted to make sure the listeners hear that. Yes, and it's it's the best point ever, too, because that's that's really what we want them to walk away with. And, yeah, that's that's the one thing. If you've been listening and, and you're wondering what it is, you've just got it. You just got it in a nutshell, and it's a gift. So take it and use it. Blake, we're almost at the top of the hour, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, You Were Not Born to Suffer? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, T. Um, the book is on Amazon. And it's in Kindle and physical book. It's also on audio, and I've recorded the entire audio myself. So if you like my voice, then you can listen. If you are annoyed by my voice, I'm sorry that you probably prefer <laughs> one of the other uh, the other formats. I have a uh, two Facebook pages. One is Blake Bauer, my name, and the other is You Were Not Born to Suffer. You can follow me there, and that has all the information about my events. And I teach often in the U.S., London. 
this year, Canada, uh, Australia often. I, I'm not sure about my trip there this year, um, but you can follow me there. I have a website, which is unconditional-selflove.com. But if you're listening and you're struggling, please read the book because the book is has questions after every chapter, which will unlock the pain in your body from your whole life and that's making you sick or depressed or keeping you stuck. And by writing out your answers to the specific questions I've outlined, you will let go of all that pain and be able to move forward and heal. Yeah. And it's a great book. It's easy to read. It really is. It's great. You're going to like it. So make sure you go and, and get the book. And thank you again, Blake. Really appreciate you being on air with us, uh, taking the time. It's been a great show. And I think your voice is quite fine. Yeah, I think people could listen to it. There's no problem with listening to an audio. <laughs> so listeners... You're welcome. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you don't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as other information about upcoming events. Please be sure to check out my charitable organization for kids, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries or stipends. So please check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
I got a man 